0: Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 98 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on May 30th, 2021. Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously, myself and Ball Nine. Ball 9 brings you some of the best, absolute best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much more, my friends. Visit the website. I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. That's ball9.com and follow them on all social medias at ball9 and know what you don't know. And for them still helping to get the word out about the show on social media, be sure to also check out Grunt Talks MLB. Go to their website, grunttalksmlb.com to see all of their great baseball content and follow them on all social medias at MLB. Also, don't forget, guys, that just like them, you can help spread the word about yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. And you know how you could do that? By following me on all social medias, yours truly. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero and Y. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97 And remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees. Show some love on all four platforms it's available on. And those platforms, of course, are YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Well, my friends, you know something? I always feel weird saying Happy Memorial Day or Happy Memorial Day weekend because, well, Memorial Day obviously isn't meant to be a joyful day necessarily, as we know. But I do hope you're having yourself a nice holiday weekend nonetheless, spending time with family and friends and Most importantly, remembering those who gave their lives in service of this country. God bless them, and let us remember all of them on this Memorial Day weekend, and tomorrow on Memorial Day. I gotta tell you, though, I'm looking outside my room window right now, and it's tough to remember that it's Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start to summer, as it's often referred to as. Not only because it's just nonstop raining here in New York this weekend, including today, here on Sunday, this late morning, early afternoon, because I do feel like it's usually always so nice outside for Memorial Day weekends, so all the rain is kind of odd, but it's also freaking chilly as hell out. <laughs> Yesterday was a high of like 52. The last couple of days of May. What the crap is that? <laughs> Come on, warm back up, will you? Give me my heat back. <laughs> At least it'll be nice for Memorial Day itself tomorrow, I guess. But, anyways, I really shouldn't waste too much more time ranting about Memorial Day weekend weather, because God knows I have enough to rant about today, but... <laughs> this past week for the Yankees, speaking of what I'm gonna rant about, it, uh, well, it wasn't as good as the last few weeks, that much I can tell you. <laughs> Especially not with injuries injuries, man. The injuries, the injuries, the injuries. Both with the Yankees, and all around the game. It's just absurd. And at this point, I'm really not even sure what the hell else there even is to say about it anymore. Other than the fact that the whole injury dilemma, again, not just with the Yankees, but all throughout baseball, it's become like a damn wildfire at this point. I mean, really. I was even saying it the other day to my dad, I think it was. I was saying, Dad, the trainers the coaches, even the freaking nutritionists, everyone. They've got to get together, collaborate, talk something about ways to keep these freaking guys healthy. I mean, this isn't only crucial time being missed in the primes of some of the biggest star's careers, like Mike Trout being one of them, out with a calf injury, and so many of them being from something as normal as running the bases. It's not only because of that, but by that same token... It's just bad for the sport too, as far as viewership and overall interest. And Lord already knows that the league does not need anything else to make people lose any more interest than they already have. They definitely don't need injuries to make things even worse, because we've already gone over all the other issues ad nauseum on this show, but the league has done a fantastic job as we know in making people lose interest in the sport. And I know, I know, that it already doesn't help when you got some of the lower market teams and they already have their owners putting out a crappy product on the field in the first place. But the injuries sure don't help anything. Like, the Mets, I feel like they're on their, like, 25th center fielder. Like, wow, what a draw. (laughs) And I know, injuries will always be there at some capacity. They're human beings, the body breaks down, it gets hurt, I know, I'm not a dope. But, I mean, (laughs) some group of some of the top minds who deal with injuries or injury prevention and overall health, they've got to just get together and try to lessen them in some sort of way, both for the sake of the players and for the sake of the sport. I don't know what specifically, and neither do any of us really because we don't see how these guys live their lives off the field or in the gym, or with the regular things they do in their day-to-day. But my God, we've got to get this under control. I did not plan on going on that rant. Wow. (laughs) Good God. Alright, let's steer back on course. The show today. (laughs) Uh, What a hot start. (laughs) Honestly, guys, it was a pretty irritating freaking week. And as if you already can't tell with my mood, with the things I'm already ranting about, it really was an irritating week. After completing the White Sox sweep, I mean, ever since then, outside of some good things like Stanton coming off the I.L., Zach Britton starting his rehab assignment yesterday, even Luis Severino's rehabbing continuing to go well, I guess. I mean, mostly it's just been offensive inconsistencies, crappy decision-making, injuries. Oh, God, the injuries. Especially injuries. (laughs) It just won't stop. Hell, all of those won't stop. They keep rearing their ugly heads on massive scales, despite the good times. Offense goes dead. Yankees doing things to really make you wonder what in the hell they're thinking, if they even are thinking. Whether it be certain rest days for certain guys, bringing certain guys into games in certain situations, like Wilson on Friday. And don't worry, guys. We are going to talk about all of this later on in recap. (laughs) And also, the injuries. All of it just won't stop. So, we've got a lot to discuss from this past week. It really was a down week, mostly. Basically, everything I mentioned before. And as you can probably already tell with the opening of this show, I've got a lot of frustration in me today, guys. (laughs) We've got the injuries. Mainly, it still bothers me so much talking about this. (laughs) Mainly... What happened with Kluber in just his next start following his no-hitter, the awful gameplay from this past week with the offense being absolute garbage again, totally moronic decision making the whole nine yards. So pull up a chair, get comfortable, and enjoy what'll probably be an episode with lots of ranting. And hell, I already did it just before about injuries and the weather. Much more to come, though, and I know how much you guys love that. You just love when my blood pressure goes up. Best audience ever. (laughs) But first up, our social media segment for the week. Basically, hitting on everything we're going to discuss today, more or less. So, it's an appropriate question, and it is an open ended question. So, here goes. Starting on Twitter, the question is The offense continues to be concerning, especially this past week. Injuries continue and bad decisions are being made. Are you concerned as of now? And of course, leave your thoughts in the comments for a chance at a shout out on the show. (sighs) Now, as I said before, this segment, this social media segment this week, is going to be covering a lot of the concerns that we see from the team this past week. And it basically covers everything the offense being inconsistent yet again, the injuries continuing bad decisions being made by Boone or anybody else in the Yankee organization, whoever it may be, and my opinion basically about it is that I can't blame anyone, anyone at all for having their concerns. I have mine, and that's okay, because a lot of the things we've seen this week are things that just seem to recur constantly when the Yankees go through bad times, and they're still there even in the good times. Even throughout some of the games, like in Texas, for example, a week or two ago, they still weren't scoring a lot of runs, but the difference at that point was they were winning the games. And the ultimate goal, of course, is to win. So if they're winning, it might not be as big of a deal to some people, myself included, because listen, I don't care how you win, as long as you win. (laughs) If you only score two runs and win a game two to one or two to nothing, or even if you win a game one to nothing, guess what the main important thing is? You won the game. But the problem at this point right now, when they're doing this again with the offense, is they're not winning the games right now. That's the big difference. (laughs) When you're not winning the games, the problems are amplified. That's just how it always is. So the offense right now is a big problem. A lot of inconsistency and just a lot of guys just continuing to underperform. They're grounding into double plays still. They're at 50 right now. And it just keeps... They can't even get the ball in the air. They can't. Almost every time there are runners on base, you say, you know what, they're going to ground into a double play. Yesterday's game, which we'll get to later, bases loaded, no one out. They get one run on a double play ball. And that's all they do for the whole game. That's just the constant story of it. Even on Friday, only scoring one legit run. I'm not going to make believe the second run isn't legit, but... Still, the first run was scored on a solo shot by Odor, and the only run they were able to push across after that, they didn't even push across. It was on a passed ball. And then yesterday, they only score one run on a double play ball with the bases loaded and no one out in the second inning. And to make things even worse, it's against the Tigers! And I understand that in a marathon season, 162 like baseball, you're going to go through your good times, and you're going to go through your bad times. And the Yankees right now this past week, this was a down week. They're going through their bad times right now again, and they will go to their good times again, and they'll go to their bad again. That's the story of a marathon season like baseball. I understand that. But some of the problems continue to be recurring. And how much longer can you put up with that, especially when you go through those bad times? And I feel bad for the pitching all around. The pitching, the starting rotation, and the bullpen. Both have been terrific. But this offense is leaving them out there to dry. They're not helping them whatsoever. The only start that wasn't great in recent memory, honestly, in the last couple of weeks was Davey Garcia yesterday, and he was only called up to make that start, and he'll probably be back, but he just was called up briefly to make that start yesterday. Otherwise, it's been amazing, as we know, the starting rotation, and the bullpen with the exception of, what, three or four bad games? And we're almost 60 games in? And you're expecting Zach Britton back soon? They've been terrific, and Zach Britton's only going to help that, you have to imagine. So the offense is enough to drive you nuts. It's enough to drive you insane, and it's been so bad this past week that today, they're on the verge of being swept by the Tigers for the first time since 2000 in Detroit. And you look at the injuries this past week, we're going to get to all of this and recap much more in depth later on, by the way, but this week, of course, in the start directly following his no-hitter, Corey Kluber, injured, Luke Voigt. After missing a month and a half, the first month and a half of the season after his knee surgery, injured. Aaron Hicks, the official news came out about him, they made an official decision on his surgery, and later on in recap, I'll tell you how long he's going to be out, but spoiler alert, done. And of course, the rest of the people who are already hurt. You had Darren O'Day on the IL, you got Britton there on his way back, you got Seve on the IL still rehabbing his way back. You had Stanton, who was on the IL, and now he's back, but he was on the injured list for a little bit with that quad problem. I mean, we could just keep going, guys, but the point of what I'm trying to say is that the injuries keep on continuing and the bad decisions by the Yankees. You could take it from any standpoint of how they rest guys or even certain in-game decisions that are made, what they're doing with the roster. You could just take it from any angle, but there are plenty of horrible decisions being made by the Yankees themselves too. And yeah, I'm a bit concerned about that because like it or not, even if there are like, I don't know, like 110 games left, there are a ton of games left. No one's denying that. But these are problems that we've seen recurring for like a third of the season already. It's June in a couple of days. As we all know, it does. Time is flying. So because there's a lot of time left and I do understand how many peaks and valleys there are in a season, how many ups and downs there are in a season. I'm not too concerned. But because these are problems that seem to constantly recur with the Yankees, and they don't seem to have any sign of stopping, I mean, I don't know how you can't be at least a little concerned. So yeah, I have my concerns, guys. I do. So I'm going to stop my tirade right here because not only are we going to be talking about all of this plenty in recap later on, but I also have your replies to get to, so let's just go right down into the replies here on Twitter and see what you guys had to say about this open-ended question. Let us start off with Rob at Laker477, and Rob says, yes, I am very concerned. In my honest opinion, there is a clear lack of emotion and sense of urgency from just about everyone on this team, to the point that they almost look like they don't care. The calendar flips to June in just a couple of days, and as Yogi said, it's getting late early. Yeah, and that's another thing. That was another problem earlier in the season when they were really struggling. They got off to like their 5-10 start, was it, or 6-11, whatever it was, and a lot of us were complaining at the time that they just looked like they didn't have any emotion and that they didn't care. Every bad thing that was done, every mistake that they made was just met with a blank stare. And a bunch of cliches in post-game interviews. It was really aggravating. And it seems like it's just the same thing right now as they're going through another bad streak here. And yes, as I also said before, I understand that it's still pretty early and there are plenty of games left to go. But at the same time, as we all know it does, time is flying. And as that famous quote from Yogi says, as you just put in the replies, it's getting late early. It's already June in a couple of days. I don't know about you, but I can't believe that. (laughs) The baseball season may be long, but make no mistake, it still flies. So I hear you, Rob. I do. Up next is at musician NDMD, my good friend Spencer. And Spencer says, the injuries exacerbate an already challenging situation. Which is a nice way of saying the Yankees are poised for a very long, difficult stretch. Voigt and Kluber are big on a team that to this point is generally inconsistent. Get ready for a lot of two to one, two to nothing, one nothing, three to one New York Yankees games. Well yeah, we've seen plenty of those already. <laughs> I even just mentioned it before. How many games have we seen, you know, two to nothing, two to one. We've seen that plenty already, just a lot of low-scoring wins, but listen, as I said before, if they're winning those games, then that's what matters at the end of the day, as long as you're winning, but they're not winning right now. And when they go through these bad times, it's gotten so bad to the point that where even a team as awful as the Tigers, if they score two runs or three runs, and the Yankees are yet to even score, or if they've only put like one run up, you feel like the game is over already. Even against a team like the Tigers, how discouraging is that? So it just doesn't work. And I just continue to feel bad for the pitchers because how much longer are they going to be able to hold up under these circumstances? Just not being given any runs whatsoever. Because in my experience, pitchers usually end up cracking at some point under that kind of pressure. When they go out there on the mound and they say, oh my goodness, you know, my offense is not going to have my back at all. So I just better be damn near perfect. And then before you know it, they're out there getting shelled. So, yeah, it's not good. And good point about Voigt and Kluber. Even if Voigt wasn't doing great since he came back, he's an important presence to have there. And like Rob said before, with the lack of emotion, if there's one thing you're going to be getting out of Luke Voigt, if for nothing else, it's going to be emotion. <laughs> so that's an important presence to have around, and he's going to be out for a long time now. And again, we're going to get to talking much more about his injury and Kluber's injury. And even in the case of Voigt, this could be put under the category of horrible decision-making. They said he was feeling the pain for a couple of days, and what'd they do? Eh, they kept playing him. <laughs> and I know that in Voight's case, you know, with how tough Void is, he was probably saying, oh, you know, just let me play, let me play through it and everything, but you still didn't take the guy for any tests or anything, just to make sure nothing was wrong, and maybe give him one of those off days that you so easily throw around in the meantime. <sighs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. And Kluber is just... I'm just so depressed about that. (laughs) My feelings on that have not eased up whatsoever since that happened. I'm still so sad. But yeah, the more people you lose to injuries, it's certainly no help. To a team that's already inconsistent, as you say, you're absolutely right. Let's keep going. Up next is at MD Nelly, my friend Mike. And Mike says, I'm as concerned as I've been since the season started. Good playoff pitching beats Homer or nothing offense. And as they showed, with 10 hits and one run Friday, without homers, they can't score runs. Yeah, Friday was just... (laughs) I have a lot of anger in me about Friday. So when we get to recapping Friday later on, you're going to get some ranting. (laughs) And by some, I think you know what I mean by some. But Friday was just an embarrassment. 10 hits... One run to show for it, I say one because the second one was on a passed ball, it wasn't even like they got a hit with the runners in scoring position, which they were also 0 for 10 with by the way that night, and it was just, it was just a horrible night. With Garrett Cole on the mound against the Tigers, it's just inexcusable to lose a game like that, it really is. But yeah, some of the same concerns, as I said from the beginning of the season when they were struggling, have recurred in this bad stretch of games. So it's okay to be at least a little concerned if you ask me. All right, let's just keep going because I want to get to as many people as I possibly can. We're obviously not getting to everybody as usual because I just got so many replies here in front of me. So I'll get to as many as I possibly can. And dear God, I'm looking out my room window again. It is raining good out there. What miserable weather. Jesus. (laughs) Certainly doesn't help the mood at all, which in itself isn't good. But at garris925 is up next and they say fire fames. And Boone needs to throw a temper tantrum and show these guys that he means business. It's just awful to watch this team with their best pitcher on the mound get 11 to 12 hits and could only score one friggin' run. This ongoing lack of energy is really tough to watch. Yeah, whenever a team just doesn't show any desire or seemingly any care that it's just a lot of crappy gameplay going on, it's infuriating for me too. I just can't stand lack of emotion when emotion is warranted in the moment. It just drives me nuts. So, I hear you there. But, firing Thames, I just don't see it happening. And Boone throwing a temper tantrum, if you're not getting it from behind the scenes, then you're not getting it at all. Because he's certainly not going to do it to the cameras, to the public, in the post-game press conference or whatever it is. It's just not happening. It's not the kind of manager he is, especially on public forum like that. But... Yeah, you're just here saying something's got to happen because it's just terrible. When they go through these stretches, they are, it's just truly miserable to watch. It, it could just destroy any mood you're in, no matter how good it is. All right, let's continue on. Up next is at Scott J S, and Scott says, as long as they keep batting Odor in the lineup, I can't take this team seriously. Yeah, Odor hasn't been good as of late, except for his home run on Friday. He really has not been doing much at all. <laughs> I mean, what did I tell you guys? You're going to get okay defense from him at best. You're going to get flashes of power, but other than that, there's not much else that Odor has to offer. So, that's that. You're not going to get an on-base percentage guy. You're going to get a lot of strikeouts, and that's what we've gotten. Odor's had his good moments, and he's been a part of some huge Yankee moments in some of their big wins this year so far. I'm not taking that away from the guy. But overall, when you take a step back and look at all of it, you're getting what I told you you'd get. So, I don't want to say I told you so or anything, but I told you so. (laughs) Let's keep going. Rebecca at Peace Now for Life is up next, and Rebecca says, I'm concerned because of this team's inconsistencies and injuries. I'm still hopeful that some of the young guys like Davey will step up and fuel this team. Don't forget, it's a long season. Yeah, absolutely, Rebecca. Listen, I even said that before. It's a long season. A lot of games are left, and... I don't know how many other people remember this, especially after the shortened season last year, but I myself happen to remember that there are a lot of ups and a lot of downs in a 162-game marathon baseball season, and that will continue as the season goes along. And I'm glad that we have people like you that could acknowledge that, but also acknowledge that you could still be concerned with what you're seeing, because that's how I feel. And I personally think that that is a very valid feeling. It's completely understandable. The inconsistencies, absolutely. The injuries, definitely. And even though they're not on the scales they were last year, 2019, at least so far, knock on wood, (laughs) thank God I'm recording on a wooden table right now. But anyway, (laughs) yeah, it's just, listen, between those inconsistencies and the injuries, which don't help anything as we've established, there is cause for concern. There is. So, I completely hear you. Up next, we've got at Evan D. Wetzel4. And Evan says, It was a concern months ago, but the fact is, we're not the only team that needs to worry. The state of baseball in general is not good. I see issues well beyond 2021, issues that started last year before the pandemic even hit. Oh, well, yeah, if you want to get into that, absolutely, Evan. I mean, how much time have I spent on this show talking about overall problems around the whole sport. Even in the introduction of the show, I even mentioned how injuries are not just a Yankee problem. It's going on all around the sport. It really is. With some of the biggest stars, too. And that's just scratching the surface. So yeah, I hear you there, man. I really, really do. And as far as issues that'll keep on going beyond 2021, yeah, we mentioned that. Listen, we know the CBA is coming up. We know about offense being at an all-time low. Again, not only with just the Yankees, but all around the sport. And that's just a couple of things amongst many, many others. Trust me. I also acknowledge baseball's got a lot of problems to deal with on their horizon. They've got a lot to look into. And with someone like Rob Manfred at the helm of things, it's got to have you feeling like there's little to no hope. (laughs) I mean, really, come on. Up next, we have Tina at Mountain Gal 456 and Tina says, I am concerned, losing Kluber, Voight, Hicks, etc., but making bad decisions concerns me more. I don't know why that is happening at the major league level. Has me scratching my head. This is not the Yankee way. And yeah, it's even more embarrassing when so many bad decisions just stockpile on top of each other, for the Yankees especially. Think of all the resources that they have access to, all the money that they have, every, like just everything that the Yankees have access to. And sometimes they just do things that it just makes you think that some certain Little League teams would do things that aren't as stupid. And again, we're going to get into all the bad decision making and the injuries with Kluber, Voigt, Hicks, all of it. And we've already been over Hicks's injury, like what it actually is and what it entails and everything, but this past week we got confirmation about just how long he's going to be out and all that. So we'll go over all of it later, don't worry. But I hear you, Tina, I really do. I hear all of your concerns and I share them. Up next is at coach underscore gets, and they say, I am more than concerned. No consistent at-bats by anyone other than DJ and Judge. The starting pitching is suspect. Torres needs to go back to second. He doesn't make the easy plays. The closer can't pitch more than one inning. I like Boone, but he's coddled these guys too much. Well, I'll quickly go through your reply and just try to hit everything one by one. Consistent at-bats other than DJ and Judge. Yeah, Judge has been doing well. But you know what? Even DJ, we've spoken about this on the show. While DJ isn't doing atrociously, he definitely hasn't been the DJ that we know and love from 2019 and 2020. He definitely hasn't. Something's changed. He's regressed a bit. And you could definitely see how much that has an effect on the offense. DJ is so important to the offense. And now that he's not being necessarily himself, you're now seeing just how important he was These last two years. The starting pitching being suspect, I don't agree with that. (laughs) The starting pitching's been amongst the best in baseball, so that I don't agree with. That's the least of their problems right now. And I know it probably has a concern with Kluber being out, and that's valid, but as far as what the starting pitching's done so far, with the exception of Davey yesterday who just got the call up for that one day, for now, I don't agree with that at all. Torres needing to go back to second. Torres has actually cleaned up his play at shortstop. Sure, he makes his mistakes here and there, but he's definitely better than the way he was at the start of the season. (laughs) He's definitely fixed up his gameplay from that. There has been an improvement. And the closer not being able to pitch more than one inning, I assume you're talking about Friday, having Chapman pitch the ninth and the 10th, except for Wilson pitching the 10th. Listen, almost no closers pitch more than one inning. They basically, none of them basically do anymore. That's a thing of like the 90s and the 2000s, maybe. That's just not the way it goes anymore, but there are a couple of things I don't necessarily agree with you here. Like, especially compared to prior years, I definitely think that DJ could be doing a better job. Um, I don't agree with the fact that the starting pitching suspect, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, Glaber not making plays at shortstop, I think that's the least of their concerns right now, because while he isn't the best of shortstops, I mean, you want to argue with me that he hasn't cleaned up his gameplay since the atrocious gameplay there at the start of the season? The start of the season was brutal there, but he has since cleaned up his gameplay there. He still makes his mistakes every now and again, obviously, but, I mean, it's better than at the start of the season. <laughs> There's no question about that. And the clothes are not pitching more than one inning. I mean, that just hardly ever happens anymore, as it is. So, as far as Aaron Boone, I definitely feel like, from him and the rest of the Yankee organization, at times, these guys are definitely too coddled. I agree with that. Like, how do you explain giving Stanton a day off yesterday after he was on the IL for over a week, and after he missed basically a total of two weeks from a quad issue, comes back, plays one game as a designated hitter, and then he needs the next day off? <laughs> I mean, to me, that's coddling of the highest order. So I hear you there, but yeah, as far as the rest of the at bats, I mean, yeah, the, the offense is just so inconsistent, it's ridiculous. Up next is at Ruiz C, and they say, those who are healthy need to contribute, period. The coaches need to be held accountable also. Someone needs to light the fuse. Take control. Yeah, someone's got to step up. Usually in times of struggling, somebody's got to step up, and nobody's really done that this last week. And a part of the problem is, too, yeah, those being healthy, needing to contribute, there are just a lot of guys who are just straight up underperforming, too. Just said it. DJ's underperforming more than he did in the past. He's not doing awfully, but he's not doing as well as we know him to be. You have Clint Frazier horribly underperforming for the whole year now. And even Glaber, even though he had that hot streak a week ago, you know, overall, you look at his numbers, he's been underperforming too overall. You got Gary Sanchez, he's got a few home runs, but other than that, he continues to do what he does. I mean, the only ones really performing up to par, if you had to ask me, are Judge and Gio, And Stanton too, before he got hurt. But other than that, with the bats, just... You got injuries, and you got a whole lot of people just really underperforming. I could go on and on. There's no shortage of it, but yeah, I understand what you're saying, man. Up next is at Java Thirty One, and they say I'm concerned with this team taking so many pitches down the middle of the plate with two strikes. Man, at Clint Fraser, how about that? <laughs> Good Lord. But yeah, the striking out, I mean, everyone says, oh my goodness, you know, the double plays are up and everything, which they are. They're like, oh, I missed the home run and nothing approach. I'm like, well, they still have that. And they certainly haven't lost their strikeout touch. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) But they're just not hitting as many home runs as usual. And they did have that stretch there for a few weeks where the home runs increased a lot again. But right now they're back to just not happening anymore. And the strikeouts are still there. (laughs) especially with just looking at those pitches. You're right. It just drives me insane when that happens. And if anybody's done it more than Clint Frazier, then please find them so I know to never watch them. Uh, All right, let's do a couple more. Up next is at from Dave till dawn, my friend Dave. And Dave says, absolutely. Offense completely shuts down against any starting pitching that's not making mistakes. This team, as is, is not built to go far into the playoffs yeah, there are times where they face just a lot of guys, yeah, as when they're just on, they just don't do anything. (laughs) They just really don't. You've seen it against Mize and yesterday, Spencer Turnbull. They just weren't able to put anything together. They just weren't. And I fear that the same result will happen in the playoffs. I mean, who knows? I hope to be dead wrong, but we've seen the movie before, guys. We have. And I jokingly, or at least somewhat jokingly, when the season first started, said, all right, I'm ready to have my heart broken again. (laughs) We'll see how it ends. I don't like to account for the future too much, especially given we're only on May 30th right now. There's just so much more game left to play, but I mean, I'd be totally lying to you if I said that there wasn't at least that little part of me that is very afraid that we're going to get the same outcome this year, just going to the playoffs and have a painful and infuriating exit. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen, and I don't even want to say that because we don't know yet. We have no idea. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that I wasn't at least a little afraid of that again because, once again, a lot of recurring problems when they're in bad streaks, not only this year, but also in the past. At Luz Steff is up next, and she says, not yet. All right, fair enough. Keeping the confidence And, you know what? A little part of me has me feeling that way, too, because, again, I know they're going to hit another good streak. I know it. And then they're going to hit another bad streak after that. It's just the name of this long-ass season. It just is. But I, myself, still have my concerns. Apparently, as do many others in these replies. So, let's squeeze in a couple more. I know I just said a couple more before, but... (laughs) I just want to try to squeeze as many of you in as possible, because I just feel bad every week not getting to all of you, but it's just impossible. It just is. I'm sorry. Up next is at DMI199106, and they say, very concerned with hitting, base running blunders, and injuries. Can the excellent pitching continue to keep them competitive until they fix issues? Well, hopefully, (laughs) that's what you got to hope, because it really makes me afraid to think of where this team would be right now if the pitching were not even half as good as they've been. Because nobody saw the offense being a real major concern this year before the season started, looking at the lineup on paper, I think. I think people said, oh, you know, they'll do at least pretty good, even if they still have their bad days like every offense does every now and again. It's inevitable. But I think anybody who says they expected it to be this brutal is lying through their teeth. And it's been so bad that if the pitching, both in the bullpen and the starting rotation, hadn't been even half as good as they've been, that they might not even be at 500 right now. That's how bad the hitting's been. So you're absolutely right. And the base running blunders. Oh my god. The base running blunders. How many times have we gone over that this season so far on this show? How many times have I mentioned it on Twitter? These guys run the bases like a bunch of little leaguers that have no idea how to run the bases. (laughs) It is bad. They have the base running IQ this year of someone playing baseball for the first time. And that is concerning. Again, another head scratcher with the Yankees. All the resources, everything they have available to them to ensure that nothing stupid like this happens, or at least it happens as little as possible. And... They just go out there sometimes looking like they have no idea how to do certain things. And that's really concerning. The New York Yankees doing that. (laughs) That's concerning. I don't care who you are or what you say. That is not good. (laughs) And the injuries to add on, yeah, they certainly help nothing. And even if so far they're not as bad as they were last year or especially in 2019, definitely still not good. At the Hitter Sports says, take Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge and start an expansion team, the new New York Yankees. <laughs> yeah, the two main guys, Aaron Judge doing a solid job, and Garrett Cole, of course. I mean, there have just been so many starts this year on Garrett Cole starts, Friday being another one of them, where they just degrom him. And by degrom, I mean just giving zero run support and. Not having Garrett Cole earn a win on a night where he deserves one. Even on a night where he might not have his best stuff, and he still only allows one run maybe at the most, and he still doesn't get a win that he deserves. That's what you call deGromming a pitcher, because that's what the Mets have done to Jacob DeGrom about 90,000 times. And that's what's happening to Garrett Cole this year a lot of the time. The guy should probably have about nine wins by now. Instead, he has six. Which still isn't bad at this point, but he definitely deserves more. But an expansion team. <laughs> Alright, let's finish up with my friend Sandra, at Sandy N Y Y, and she says, Honestly, as a Yankees fan, I'm always concerned. We got Garrett Cole to win a World Series. Injuries are taking an absolute toll and consistently have hurt us. I'm scared if we can't stay healthy, then what? The bats will click eventually... And in order to do so, we have to stay healthy. Yeah, that's what health does. It just destabilizes everything, and it throws a team off, takes a lot of important pieces to a team away. You're absolutely right, my friend. And another thing, getting Cole to win a World Series, that's another thing. And that's also something I will never forgive the Yankees for if they don't do. If they don't win a World Series with Garrett Cole and their team. You sign the guy because he's the ace that you've been fantasizing about for basically like a decade. You finally get him. He's performing up to par and beyond, putting up some of the most historic starting pitching numbers for a New York Yankee, and you're not going to win anything with him? You're just going to waste away his prime and waste away the opportunity to have an ace like him, a top three arm in the game, maybe even top two? Yeah, I'll go with top two, and you're not going to win with him? So you're absolutely right, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is something that I've mentioned before, and if the Yankees fail again at the end of this year come that, you better believe that'll be something I bring up yet again because Garrett Cole's a big part of this. You got the guy, you signed him to that big, mega contract that he deserves, and he continues to prove that he deserves, and, wait, you're just not going to win with him? <laughs> That's a joke if they don't win with him. A joke. And one thing I can guarantee you is He's not getting any younger. So I love that you mentioned that. Thank you for mentioning that. And yeah, as a Yankees fan, or as any fan, I think, yeah, there's a certain degree of concern no matter what with the team, unless you're just a fan of the Yankees in 1998 maybe with the 98 Yankees, or if you were a fan of the 27 Yankees. But other than that, yeah, I would say there's always a certain degree of concern with your team, so that's definitely 100% true. But yeah, I love your reply. Love it. It's all true. I loved all of these Twitter replies, so... Thank you to all of you tweeters out there. I'm so, so sorry. Again, as always, if I didn't get to you, just keep on replying to them. I promise you I'll get to you at some point. And if you want to see the rest of the replies for yourself, or even if you want to see the ones that I did read for yourself, then just go on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Just go to the tweet with the question in it, and just go down in the comments, and you can see all of them for yourself, whether I read them or not. On this episode this week But let's go on over to Instagram And see what all the Instagram peeps Had to say about the very same question We'll just read a few replies there And then we will move on To weekly recap Where there will be A lot of passion (laughs) Let me just put it that way Anyway, same question over on Instagram The offense continues to be concerning Especially this past week Injuries continue And bad decisions are being made Are you concerned as of now? So let's read some replies to that question. First up, we've got Official52011, and they say, I'm starting to worry about the offense because they play the Rays for four and the Red Sox for three coming up. The offense needs to start going again. Yeah, they do. They got a very important week ahead of them. Very potentially pivotal week ahead of them. So yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And the fact that they're on the verge of getting swept in what should be pretty much a tune-up series against the Tigers with these seven games coming up in this next week. Yeah, not fun. Not fun at all. Kiki Crowley is up next, and Kiki says, I was concerned a month ago, but now I'm getting very concerned. Well, yeah, I assume you mean when they were off to their very slow start. When you saw a lot of these problems going on right now, now that they're in another bad streak, as you did then. And yeah... That was pretty concerning to start off with because, I mean, listen, we ran through all the concerns then, and now that they're going through another funk, we're basically just echoing them all again. So I hear you, Kiki. Again, it's just not fun. It's not fun at all. All right, next we've got my girlfriend, Vic Salimo, and Vic says, I'm concerned with our inconsistency. We're either really on or really off. After Friday's game, I just don't see any emotion out of this team right now. They were a dumpster fire and just laughing and joking around like it was no problem. Yeah, we spoke about that before with the lack of emotion and how much it drives us all nuts. Yeah, if it's one thing that I cannot stand more than anything, it's when you're putting forth an embarrassing effort. And you just look like you don't care or you're laughing it off. Because as a fan, investing your time or maybe even your money if you're attending the game, who knows, but regardless of what you're doing, Whether you're a fan investing your time, money, or both, you're just sitting there saying, oh, well, I'm glad you're having a great time. That makes one of us. I'm just glad you're having a great time while I'm sitting here all miserable at the pathetic effort you're putting forth. And it's enough to drive you nuts. It is. It's enough to make you crazy. When you feel like, as a fan, you care more than the people actually doing the job do. And even if that's not true, that's the way it makes you feel sometimes. And you're right, especially compared to the good streak that they were going through for weeks, as we've been talking about for weeks on end now, and now they're just really off again, really on and really off. You're right. All right, last but not least for social media replies today, both on Twitter and on Instagram, but specifically right now on Instagram, as always, we have my amazing mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says... I am very concerned, as I do not understand all these injuries not only with the Yankees, but in baseball. I feel like athletes, especially in hockey and football for example, don't shatter the way baseball players do. Why aren't they bringing up and keeping up some AAA guys like Florial, for example? Some of these kids deserve a chance. It can't get much worse than other performances we're getting. And by the way, if Hicks doesn't return this season, I don't like seeing people get hurt, but I don't think as a team that that will kill us. Just saying, better decisions need to be made. (sighs) It's hard to argue with much of anything said here, mom. (laughs) Yeah, just the injuries, again, not only with the Yankees, but all around baseball. We've spoken about how big of a problem it is, and it really is. And as far as other athletes in other sports, it's tough to really compare, but I mean, those guys just must be a different breed. (laughs) I don't really know what else to say about that. And as far as Hicks, of course, yeah, you don't like to hear about guys getting hurt. Obviously not. I mean, I would hope most of us don't or all of us don't because that's, you know, just part of being a decent human being. (laughs) But as far as what he's brought to the team this year, yeah, that definitely will not kill us. If anything, it was killing us to have him (laughs) in the lineup. (laughs) But regardless, yeah, he's, he's done. He's done. And we'll be talking about that plenty later, too, as I said. And better decisions definitely need to be made. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You are correct. I I can't really argue with too many replies here. I agree with many of you. Many of you. Basically, virtually all of you. But again, just to reiterate, I acknowledge that there's a lot of season left to play. There is a lot. But at this point in time, with June a couple of days away, there are plenty of valid concerns to have, in my opinion if you're a Yankee fan right now. So with that being said, my friends, that is all for the social media segment for this week. And as I always do, I just want to remind each and every one of you that I love you to death. Thank you all so much for interacting. As you could probably tell with every single episode, the interaction with every single social media segment each and every week is just so great. And I could not be more thankful for that. Thank you all so much. But of course, that also means there are going to be a lot of you that I don't get to. And again, this week, that remain the same. But again, just keep on interacting. I promise you at some point, I'm going to get to you. I will. But as always, thank you all so, so much. All right, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Yapping Yankees time machine. Let's go. Back to last Sunday. I really don't want to do this. (laughs) I really just don't want to talk about this last week. I really don't. But last Sunday, the Yanks would go for what they'd often had trouble with at the time, the sweep, if you remember, against the White Sox in the final of the three-game set. But you know what? They got it done that time. Jameson Tyone was on the mound, and last week I had said after his Texas start that I wanted to see another leap forward for him. And definitely not backwards, obviously. Five, maybe six innings shutout, maybe one run at the most. Said those exact words, and you know what? I got that. (laughs) Five shutout innings for Tyone. Only gave up two hits, walked two, and struck out four. So, good for him. And by the way, that also extended the scoreless inning streak for Yankee starters at the time that I mentioned last week to 35 innings. Just amazing. And at that point, the Yanks had already gotten him three runs early. Two-run single by Glaber as he continued his amazing hitting at the time. He went three for four again, just as he did the day prior. Love it. And the third run came on a double play by Geo driving a run in. Wow, a double play. Who would have saw that coming? Three to nothing at that point, and it was then in the hands of the bullpen. And while they, of course, still ended up winning overall, the whole team the bullpen would struggle a little bit. Wandy Peralta in the 6th, he gave up a two-run, 450-foot nuke to Abreu, but then the Yanks added on one more to their 3-2 lead at the time, and thank God they did, on a fielder's choice by Gardy. The throw was wild, and a run came home to make it 4-2. And you'll see in a second why I said thank God for that other extra run before. But Chad Green gave up a solo shot then in the eighth inning, 4-3 to Yanks, then going into the ninth. Chapman in for the save, been absolutely flawless as we know, but unfortunately, this time, finally, almost two months into the season, he finally blew a save. Game-tying solo shot, and you couldn't be mad at the guy well, especially because they still won, but even beyond that. There's been no one in the game who's been better. No one. Averaging over two strikeouts per appearance, not an earned run for almost two full months. Completely untouchable, but still human. And it was bound to happen eventually, guys. So, when that happens, what do you do? You pick up your teammate. And fortunately... That's what happened in the bottom of the ninth. Bases loaded after a hit by Clint, who was 3-4 for four on that day as well, an intentional walk to DJ, and an infield single by none other than the immortal Tyler Wade. <laughs> Again, credit where credit is due. Closer Liam Hendricks in the game to face Aaron Judge. Walks in the run. Yanks win 5-4. to four. <laughs> And Hendricks wanted nothing to do with Aaron Judge. Either that or he just had nothing. Maybe a little bit of both. But in any event, (laughs) the Yanks won their sixth in a row at the time, swept the White Sox, won 23 of their last 32 at the time. Solid way to go into an off day. The whole deal. Monday was a day off, and then Tuesday... (laughs) This is really where the week would just go downhill and... When I say downhill, I guess I should say a damn near free fall, because that's really what the week has been since Tuesday. But God, what a bad day Tuesday was. (laughs) Uh, The Blue Jays came to town, Kluber against former Met Steven Matz, and Madone, did they have different stories. (laughs) Uh, For the Yanks, no DJ. He was on the paternity leave list because he and his wife had a child too, as Odor and his wife did the week prior. So congratulations to the LeMahieu family. And get this, the Voight family is also expecting a child. I'm pretty sure they're still expecting. Everyone's having kids. (laughs) And on another note, even though we were told that Stanton's target date was the 25th, Tuesday, he wasn't in the lineup. So no Stanton either. But anyway, as I said before, Steven Matz and Corey Kluber, totally different stories. For Steven Matz, six and two thirds shutout innings of just one run ball, the one run coming on an RBI single by Higgy in the seventh, and 10 strikeouts. Otherwise, the Yankee offense was very quiet. And as I just said, and as you could hear from his line, Matz pitched very well. Kluber, on the other hand, (sighs) Three innings, only gave up a two-run shot to Vlad Guerrero Jr., struck out five, but his pitch count was nearly 60 already, and had three walks. The command was definitely off. But he was taken out after three innings because of shoulder tightness. And what shut him down last year in the shortened season? His shoulder. The good thing is that after the game, he said it felt nothing like what bothered him last year. And that it just felt like he had trouble warming up. So that was a positive at the time. The MRI results, (laughs) a different story. But at least it's not a whole damn season, or you hope. It revealed a muscle strain in the rotator cuff. And he's not going to throw for at least four weeks. Which means he'll probably be out at least two freaking months. Because after not throwing at all for four weeks, not even picking up a baseball, he'll have to ramp up again and rehab and all that crap. I I just can't tell you how disheartening this is. After the high that I was on last week, after his no-hitter, and how well he'd been doing overall too, but let's just hope for the best. And when these eight weeks or so are up... He can put this behind him, and we could put this behind us. But with how well he was doing overall, again, this is a hit to the rotation. At least in my opinion, it is. And I'm not only saying that because of how much I advocated for him or how hard I was rooting for him. I think this is a hit. And you just hope that with how well the rotation's done, that they can hold up, even without Kluber for a couple of months. And listen, we discussed it so much when he was signed, and even more afterwards, even up to this point. But we knew we weren't getting no 200 innings out of Kluber like the old days. I kept saying maybe around like 150-ish, and even the Yanks said that. So he wasn't going to have the usual, typical, full-throttle starting pitching season anyway. So it seems that this will serve as that time off. And then you hope he can come back, complete the season, picking up where he left off with how great he was doing, and then be a big positive factor in the playoffs. That's what you hope for. But nevertheless, this still sucks. It really does. And again, the biggest hope now is that the recovery goes well, and he can come back and be efficient, especially for the playoffs. Nothing much else you can hope for at this point, right? Uh, There's a lot of sighing this past week, as you could probably tell, and you'll be hearing a lot more of it until we catch up to today. (laughs) After he came out, though, Michael King did a good job at holding it down eating some innings, three innings, only allowing a run on a solo shot, so it was only 3-0 at that point, because Kluber had given up the two-run shot to Vlad Guerrero Jr., that was the only damage done against him, and then King gave up this solo shot, so it was only 3-0, but with how quiet the bats were, it felt like 30-0, and that's still been the case with all the games, except for the second game in the doubleheader against the Blue Jays, up to this point, which we'll talk about in a bit, but... Litke would pitch the 7th, allowing two runs, neither of them earned because of an E6 on Glaber on a fielder's choice, bad throw to home. Sessa pitched a scoreless 8th, and Wilson, who I'd like to say again, I expected to be a key piece to this bullpen, as you guys should recall, has disappointed me on a scale that I can't even properly put into words. Just such a damn disappointment. He gave up a solo shot to Yankee killer Randall Grichuk. And the Yanks added on one more in the bottom of the ninth, on a single by Higgy and a bobble in the infield, but still lost 6-2, to two. both runs as a result of Kyle Higashioka. Wednesday, another crap day. All at once, we were blitzed with a bunch of negative news. For starters, the game was postponed from the rain and played as part of Rob Manfred's doubleheader special on Thursday, as I've come to call it. And then after that, out of absolutely nowhere, Luke Voigt to the injured list with a grade 2 oblique strain now. After a month and a half of being out because of his knee surgery, and we all know how pleasant oblique injuries are, So, he's going to be out until at least the All-Star break, that's more or less what's been said right now, but to the best of my knowledge, I'm pretty sure recovery time from a grade 2 oblique strain is like 2-3 to months. And even after that recovery time, who knows if he'll even be the same after that? Obliques are the worst. And, (laughs) this was also when the announcement about Kluber was given out. Again... No throwing, no nothing for four weeks. And probably going to be out two months. (sighs) Weather and injuries. Life is just freaking awesome. That's what I was thinking at the time. So the game being rained out, the Kluber thing being announced that day, and also out of nowhere after missing a month and a half from knee surgery recovery, Luke Voigt, grade two oblique strain... Probably going to be out at least for the next couple of months. And guys, I know. I know the main priority is to have these guys healthy for October. But it's been like this with injuries for a while at this point. But does anyone really want to deny how outrageous this is at this point? How much time almost everyone misses? Not just the Yankees, but again, all around the game. But here, I have an idea, guys. I have an idea. Let's start awarding medals. Let's give medals to those who play 140 games or more in a season. Let's do that. We've gotten there at this point, if you ask me. This is insane. Out of control. The injuries are out of control. And if you want to blame me or anyone else in the world for feeling that way, then I'll make it really simple for you. Save your breath and shut your mouth. Because I'm not interested in hearing about it. I'm tired of the injuries. I've been tired of them for years, but I'm, I'm just done. I am done. It's out of control. And not only for the Yankees, but throughout the entire sport, there is no sign whatsoever of them even slightly lessening. And I gave out the idea in the beginning of the show for some group of the top minds in baseball that deal with this sort of thing, getting together and collaborating about some sort of way to help this issue. But I don't even know what you could even do. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what to do, but something's got to happen here. It's ridiculous. Oh, God. Anyway, <laughs> let's just keep going. There's just nothing else to say about the injuries that hasn't already been said at this point, guys. There just isn't. That's all there is to it. It's out of control. But, anyways, the Yanks also announced that day that Davey, because he kind of has to at this point, would be rejoining the rotation and that Stanton would be activated from the injured list on Friday. So let's move on to Thursday now. With Luke and Kluber both going to the 10 day injured list and the outfield still needing help as we've been talking about for weeks now too and we spoke about this being a possibility eventually and on Thursday it happened Yankees big outfield prospect Estevan Florial called up from triple A and the second roster spot alongside Florial was taken by Albert Abreu who was also recalled alongside Florial And this was mentioned before, but just a quick follow-up on Aaron Hicks, too. We spoke last week about the Yankees. After a week of deciding, finally making their decision to give him his wrist surgery, and Boone confirmed on Thursday that, after everyone was speculating about whether he'd miss most of or the rest of the season, that Hicks will, in fact, miss the rest of the season. And there's no surprise there. Kind of had that feeling from the start of this injury coming out, so... Aaron Hicks is done for the entire season. Now, as far as the games on Thursday, Rob Manfred, seven-inning doubleheader special. First time this season for the Yanks. And in order to salvage yet another series, the Yanks, of course, would have to sweep it since they lost on Tuesday night, and it was a three-game set overall, obviously. And game one would not be an ideal start to the doubleheader, to put it mildly. Herman started the game and he did fine. Five and two thirds, only two runs allowed on back to back solo shots by Semyon and Bichette. But despite him doing fine overall, Herman is now allowed nine home runs with those two given up. So he's having a bit of a home run problem so far. But again, despite that, he did well. And so did Litke after him, who pitched the final inning and a third scoreless. And they both kept them in the game within just the two runs. But the Bats, again, completely dead against Alex Manoa in his Major League Baseball debut through an absolute gem. So no surprise whatsoever that the Bats were a collection of corpses considering that's how they usually are against debuting pitchers. But nonetheless, simply and quickly put, since, yeah, that little amount happened in that game... The Yanks lost 2-0 in Game 1, and Herman took a tough loss for it. And also with that loss, we had been talking about how the Yanks had won 8 of their last 10 previous series, the other two being splits, so they hadn't lost one. Well, this first game was the second of the three-game set that they lost, so this went down as their first series loss in 11 series eight, one, and two following that game. So just following up on that stat about series, first series loss in a long time. Game two, about a half hour after game one ended, Montgomery took the hill, Yanks looking to not get swept, both in the doubleheader and the three-game series, and thankfully they managed to salvage a game. Montgomery would end up going four and two-thirds, giving up three runs, and all three of them were on a three-run bomb by Bo Bichette. Again, the kid is a problem, guys. (laughs) He's so good. Other than that, though, no other runs off Montgomery, and no other runs for the Blue Jays, period. But Monty did walk two and only struck out one, so he didn't have great stuff. Luizaga came in after him, got four outs without allowing anything, but he did give up three hits. Had a little bit of difficulty. Peralta got a big out against Telez after him, and then, strangely, only up by two runs at the time in the seventh and final inning, Chapman was not used. Green was instead. Thankfully, he got it done, but still, Chapman not being used caught everyone, including me, by surprise. But Boone said that he was just under the weather, so (laughs) thanks for mentioning that that we wouldn't have our closer available for a (laughs) doubleheader. Oh, God. Scoring-wise, Yanks did get five runs across, RBI double by Geo, almost a two-run double, but Judge being the second run got thrown out at the plate, so they settled for one. And speaking of outs at the plate, which they have gotten plenty of this year, (laughs) just part of the base running blunders, they would make another out at the plate at the end of the game after Floreal hit a double... Gary was thrown out at the plate by about 45 feet <laughs> on a horrible send by Mendoza down at third, taking over for Nevin. Absolutely horrible. It had to be at least 40 to 45 feet. But anyway, then down 3-1 to one after Bichette's homer, Aaron Judge, number 13 on the year, two-run, 440-foot nuke off the glass and center to tie the game at three. Then Gary... Hit a solo bomb of his own. Didn't look like a homer off the bat, especially not over 440 feet, (laughs) but nonetheless, impressive shot. 4-3, and then Judge would hit a sack fly to make it 5-3, and that's the score that they would win by. So they split the doubleheader with the Jays, but again, a series loss and another one against the Blue Jays. They've really had a tough time against Toronto so far. That just can't be ignored. This series made the Yanks 3-6 and six against the Blue Jays so far. You gotta do better against them going forward. You have to. You've got to be able to defeat your divisional opponents. But anyway, right after Game 2, they sent Florial back down to AAA, and I'm sure that we'll be seeing him again at some point, hopefully soon with the way the outfield is. Can't get much worse. And also, they used a 27th man for the doubleheader in Nick Nelson, but they didn't end up having to use him thankfully, so they sent him back down as well. But I just saw today, before today's game here on Sunday starts, that they called Nelson back up alongside Nestor Cortez Jr. who they signed to a major league deal and added to the 40 man because they moved Aaron Hicks to the 60 day today, so thought that was appropriate to bring up about today, being on the topic of Nick Nelson. But anyways, after a not so great series against Toronto yet again, Friday came around off to Detroit for the weekend. And I went into this series saying that with Tampa and the Red Sox coming up this week, they've got to kick ass in Detroit. This should be a tune-up series and just like a confidence booster heading into two very important series. And my God, I only wish it went that way. (laughs) But there was a good start to it before the game started, and that was Stanton finally being activated. It's good to have the guy back after two weeks with an injury that the Yankees made originally sound like was only going to be a couple of days. <laughs> ah, well, can't say I'm not used to that. Except for the Blue Jays series, though, they'd still been managing well without Stanton, and I get that they were just erring on the side of caution, just sacrificing a couple of weeks in May, blah, blah, blah. I know. Unfortunately, he'd go 0-5 on the night with four strikeouts. <laughs> One of them being in a huge spot in a huge moment in the ninth. (laughs) But this game, it legit sucked. I don't know how to be any more blunt about it. It just sucked. Garrett Cole pitched, and he went six innings, and again, even though he struggled at times, still only allowed a run. He allowed six hits, and he struck out five, and even without his best stuff, again, still just holding them to one run. And the poor guy got a no decision for it. You know why? Well, because the offense was, again, completely inept. Only scoring on a solo shot by Eldor, who did have a great night, by the way, going four for five with that homer and three singles. And the only other run they scored was on a passed ball in the top of the 10th during Manfred League Baseball. That's it. Against one of the worst teams in baseball. It's games like this that make you want to (laughs) die. So, I guess we're back to just not picking up our ace yet again with some run support when he doesn't have his best stuff, yet still keeps us in the game. So, but yeah. Pitching was solid overall again, though. Doesn't get rewarded with any run support, though. But the pitching was solid again, even after Garrett Cole. Peralta, scoreless 7th. Chad, a scoreless 8th. Chapman in the ninth, in a tied game on the road, for some reason, scoreless. But the bats, just nothing. And then, bottom of the 10th, Justin Wilson in, who had actually pitched a scoreless inning in extras already prior, if you remember, despite him being awful otherwise, which is why I don't understand what he did to deserve this high-leverage spot, but you know what? He was on his way to pitching a scoreless inning in extras again if not for some more umpire incompetence. We can never get enough of that, right? So, after the umpire missed what should have been a game-ending strike three call, Wilson gave up a walk-off two-run homer. Yankees lose 3-2. to two. Proving once again that Justin Wilson still stinks and is disappointing the living hell out of me, and that despite the bats being dead, Most importantly, umpires still suck. Say what you want, but this is another umpire mini rant, I guess. I've only had about 80 of them on this show, so strap yourselves in and get ready for the 81st. Now, yes, the bats were dead. There's no denying it. You will get no argument from me there. And if they would have scored enough, even two lousy runs, extra innings doesn't even happen. True. 0 for 10 with runners in scoring position? From innings 1 through 9, 10 hits and one run to show for it? Against the Tigers? Horrible. Horrible. The brunt of the blame goes to them, the offense. Make no mistake. But there's one simple fact. Despite everything else, Wilson being terrible and not getting the job done when called upon. The bats being non-existent, if that strike call is made correctly, the game is over, and that home run is not even hit, period, end of story, and that pitch was also a strike all game long prior, so to repeat, umpires still suck, all I ask is for consistency and competence, not perfection, consistency. But you know something? There's enough blame to go around for everyone, so everyone takes them. Justin Wilson, the offense, umpires, take it all, all of yous, take it. I really shouldn't be this mad about games at the end of May, but crucify me, I am. Another friggin' loss on the night of a Garrett Cole start and against the Tigers. God, that felt good to let out. (laughs) That really did. Let's finish up. Yesterday, some news first. Justin Wilson (laughs) was placed on the 10-day injured list with a strained hamstring. After Boone said that he would go to him again, even after Friday night's end to the game, (laughs) which was annoying to hear in itself, given how atrocious Wilson's been overall, And because yesterday, Boone actually already said that his hamstring had been bothering him for a while, yet he brings him in during extra innings with the game on the line. And now to add on to all of that, he's on the injured list. (laughs) Decision making, and I got to say the timing, (laughs) it's pretty suspicious too. Who the hell knows if he's even hurt, and they're not just making up a bunch of crap and putting him on there just because how awful he is. We know this organization is just about as transparent as a slab of wood with things like this at times. So, would anybody really be surprised about that? Ah, sweet baby Jesus. Boone makes me laugh, man. He makes me laugh. Saying that he would go to Wilson again after how terrible he's been and then putting him in a high-leverage situation like that, which he didn't earn in itself, never has, but also doing it while having the knowledge that his hamstring has been nagging at him for weeks. (laughs) The Adventures of Aaron Boone. That is an entire podcast episode in itself. Even if he isn't involved in every single decision for the Yankees, that is just an entire show in itself. But anyways, Albert Abreu was recalled, and so was Davy, so that he could make his start. And we actually had some good news, especially for what's already been an otherwise fantastic bullpen as we know. To make things even better for them, Zach Britton officially started his rehab assignment in A, And we already know that he's eligible to return tomorrow, the 31st, from the 60-day IL, technically, but he's now going to do his rehab, so... I'd expect him back in maybe another, I don't know, like a week or two, if I had to say. And I can't wait to get him back. Not only to support what's already been a great bullpen, but even though he's on the injured list now, hopefully that sets it in stone that we don't have to see guys like Wilson anymore. Which again, for about the 10th time, I really expected to be a key part of the pen. And my God, how wrong was I about that? What a disappointment. (laughs) I can't say it enough. I own up to my bad takes, guys. I own up to them. I am right plenty, but I'm still human. I'll get my fair share of things wrong, too, just like the next person, and I'll own up to it. Alright, the game now, and I'll keep this short because not much at all happened in this one, either. Even more embarrassing than Friday. Whenever this team is just in an embarrassingly bad stretch, they just seem to outdo themselves every day. (laughs) But Davey pitched, and his command just wasn't there. He labored through four and a third, giving up five runs, four earned, one scored on an E4 by Odor. And then Abreu, who had little command himself, particularly when he first came in, pitched the remaining three and two thirds, giving up a run himself. Six runs given up total, again, to the Tigers. And they were both sent back down after the game, Davey Garcia and Albert Abreu. And offensively even after the shameful absence of offense the night prior, (laughs) it was even worse yesterday, only scoring one stupid run on a double play ball with the bases loaded and no one out in the second. I cannot say enough how embarrassing this weekend has been. As I said before, can't even get the ball in the air anymore. Can't do anything. Despite the Tigers starters in Mize and Turnbull being pretty good, but still, you can't do anything off them and one of the league's worst bullpens, sitting Stanton, a DH, the day after he comes off the IL, double plays, nobody looking like they give a single crap. Salvage a game today against one of the worst teams in baseball, will ya? Are you out of your minds? playing this way with a four-game set coming up against the Rays, and then for the first time this year, the Red Sox next weekend? Wake up. Wake up. Bad week. Bad week. Shake it off. Win today. Win these important division games coming up. Just get it done. It's been a miserable weekend the least you could do is finish it on a positive note with a win today in this game that's actually starting right now as I'm speaking, so I'll probably be recording to react to the top of the first as I'm wrapping up the show here. But anyway, speaking of those series coming up, what's ahead? Well, as I just said, starting tomorrow, four games set in the Bronx as the Yankees return home against the Rays. Tomorrow's game on Memorial Day is at one oh five Eastern, Tyone on the mound, Tuesdays and Wednesdays games will be at 7.05 Eastern, Thursday will be at 1.05 Eastern, so tomorrow's game being at 1.05 because of Memorial Day, then Tuesdays and Wednesdays being night games, 7.05, and then Thursday will be back to an afternoon game, then Friday starts the three-game set against the Red Sox. Should be fun, (laughs) but knowing the Yankees with how hot and cold they are. They could very well have a terrible weekend in Detroit, as they have, and then have a good week coming up against these tougher teams, for all we know. Who the hell knows? We can only hope. They're just so damn inconsistent. But one thing it is, is that it is strange that we're only seeing the Red Sox now for the first time in June. I can't remember a time that we've gone that long into a schedule without seeing Boston. It's crazy. But anyways, Friday's game against them, 7.05 Eastern. Saturday, 7.15 Eastern, and Sunday, when we chat next, I assume it'll be on ESPN because of the start time. Guess I'll be watching on mute. That game will be at 7.08 Eastern. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 98 of Yapping Yankees Today. God bless America. Please remember to follow me on all social medias so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me, the Yankees, And Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram at Scuds 97 Also guys, subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, and also show some love to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify as well. No, wait, hold on. And of course, of course, and the second to first double play, double play every time 51 double plays now I'm sorry judge just grounded into a double play in the first inning this this already has the tone written all over it if you ask me Watch him get swept today by the Tigers. Just watch watch him. watch him get swept even ending the show on an angry note. Thanks, guys. <laughs> DJ starts off the game with a hit. Stanton walks and then double play. <laughs> Story of the 2021 Yankees, everybody. But anyways, where the hell was I? Oh, I was about to tell you what you could do if you want to listen to the past episodes. If you want to, then episodes 34 up to episode 98 today are available on YouTube and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And I actually remember listening to this part of the show last week, in episode 97, and I realized that in this part of the show I accidentally said episodes 31 to 37 instead of 97. (laughs) Uh, These boys are driving me nuts, in case you can't tell. But once again, nonetheless, my friends... Thank you, 3,000, for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, June 6th, when I come at you with episode 99 of Yapping Yankees. The last one before 100. I seriously cannot believe it. But until then, guys, hang in there. Be patient. Please stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. And Yankees, I'll keep it simple. You've got a damn important week coming up, so get your heads out of your asses, hopefully Michael King can at least do a decent job, score some runs, win today, and take it to Tampa and Boston. This could end up being a pretty pivotal week in the standings, so take it to them. And as for you, my friends, enjoy your week. I love you all. Take care.